everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mature Audiences Mayhem. My name is Glenn King, and it's my great honor to bring you this podcast where we talk about the things that other podcasts either cannot or will not or just fail to talk about. That is, things that are for mature audiences only. Today, a very special guest, somebody that I am very fond of. She is an up-and-coming actress in the adult film industry. Uh, every once in a while, I like to discover a new talent and an introducer in my videos to the world of female domination. And I have a good instinct for this sort of thing. And I have done first scenes for really some amazing performers out there. Uh, you know, Jessa Rhodes, I think Bridget B, we did her first femdom scene. You know, I find a lot of these talents when they're young and then and then I watch them blossom into the, the superstars of the industry. And so with that in mind, I bring you today Anna Claire Clouds. You are very welcome. Um, we shot you for a scene for MeanBitches.com uh, two weeks ago. Yes, it was great. I had such an amazing time on set. It was my first femdom shoot, and I can honestly say I want more. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And you knocked it out of the park, um, and you were amazing, and, and it's so, it's great that you have so many different skills, and we'll talk about this today, but for many, many performers, especially as they're new in the business, it's really difficult to do anything besides just sex. Yeah, thank you, I mean, I really appreciate it, thank you. I, the sex is the fun part, yeah. that's what I get to enjoy, that's just the part where I get to let go and enjoy it, and all the other stuff. Um, I enjoy as well quite a bit, but it is a little more than sex. Definitely a little bit more than that. <laughs> well, I think, and this is the exciting thing about you, you're part of a new generation of performers who show up in the industry already familiar with making their own content and already good at it, already good at doing other things besides just having sex. Yeah, thank you so much. I've been, um, as you know, I've been shooting amateur content before I decided to dive into the mainstream porn industry for about four years. I shot amateur content on my own and that was my only job that I did and I really, really enjoyed it. I got the ability to, you know, find myself and what I enjoy in sexually along with what I enjoy doing on camera and how I come across on camera and what I look like and I think that definitely helped quite a bit and I really appreciate you mentioning it and you noticing in general, to be honest. It's, it's very, very cool to have someone sure. say, oh, yeah, you look like you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, what do you enjoy sexually then that you... I found that I really enjoy sexually. I am such an eye flirt. I flirt with my eyes heavily. Yep. I cannot stop. I really, really enjoy the reaction to what I'm doing and like seeing the reaction to it and a big part of porn also is imagining the reaction to what you're doing to, for thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions possibly of people watching. It could be any number of people and that alone is such a cool thing. So sexually I really enjoy watching. I like doing things and watching how they react, seeing, teasing and reacting and all things along those lines and also um, I really like uh, eye contact, of course. So, lots of flirting and lots of eye contact. I think I have a little bit more passion and fun when I try to have sex rather than just hard going at it. You know, you know what I'm saying. Just 
I do in your case. Um, <laughs> you do a lot of great facial expressions. Thank you. I, I think I pointed out to you during the scene there was something you do with your tongue at one point. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that was really cool. And then I think I also noticed when I was evaluating you in the first place before we booked you, I was watching your VR scene that you did, your virtual reality scene. And I think I remember you making great contact with the eye contact with the camera. I loved doing that. I loved doing that. Something, just sexually in general, like in my private life, I really enjoy, um, sexually in my private life, I really enjoy fucking and flirting with my partner. I 100% enjoy fucking and flirting with my partner. But when we are, when in porn, Mm -hmm. I cannot stop flirting with the camera. So VR was like my dream come true. Yeah. 100%. It's just me the camera and flirting the whole time so that was I, I love it I love POV and I love VR anything along those lines I just feel like I thrive because I'm enthusiastic and I really enjoy it I really and it comes across on camera you know you're gonna see if somebody enjoys what they're doing and it's gonna come across so in porn I really just like flirting with the camera it gets me off <laughs> I feel like it's the future of porn mm-hmm. um, that eventually You'll not see guys anymore. You'll be the guy. You know, if you're watching the video, you'll be the guy in the video. And, I mean, I'm an avid watcher of virtual reality porn. I think it's amazing, especially yes. if, you know, you smoke a little weed before you do this thing. Yeah. Your head's in kind of frog, and you're, you're just able to really feel the sensations. Exactly. When we get to the point where we have these haptic suits, you know, where you put the suit on, and then it, you feel everything happening to you... Porn is going to be like crack, or people are going to be so addicted to it, it's, you know, they're, they're not going to want to go out in the real world anymore, which actually brings me to my first important topic. We're not allowed to go out in the real world anymore. Yeah, not currently. <laughs> we're, we're in the COVID world, so we're, we're doing this, um, we're taping this on the, what is this today, the 10th? Yeah. So July 10th. Uh, you know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast like six months from now, I hope you're listening in a world where people go out again. But right now, we're in this crazy world where I personally haven't eaten a meal in a restaurant since like February. Yeah, I think. it's it's been a long time for me as well. It's a lot of takeout and a lot of cooking at home and things along those lines. COVID world is crazy. Yeah, the COVID world is a little different. I completely understand the masks. I'm 100% okay with it. I'm okay with all those things, but I'd like everybody to just, let's go ahead and do it so we can get it over with. (laughs) Yeah, let's break that down, because you're from Tennessee, I'm from Texas. Those are states where we believe in individual liberty and freedom. Mm -hmm. So it's not an instinctive thing for either of us to say, yeah, make a law that um, everyone should have to do this or that. I think, I don't, Tom Hanks, I saw online, yeah. I yeah. think, said it best, that it is in World War II, I believe, or the Cold War, uh, I, I, World War II, everybody had, in America, had a instinct to help each other and to do your part. Right. And that was the instinct. We knew where we were, we knew what was going on, and we knew that to help each other and do your part to get through this. And I think... I don't think that it's disrupting the liberty. I don't think that it's doing anything along those lines. I think it is exactly what that is, which is 
do your part to help us get through this because we all understand where we're at. And regardless if you think it's a government conspiracy, yeah. regardless if you think it's a lab-made disease, regardless of whatever you think, put a mask on. It's not that hard. We are not... I've seen it um, <laughs> compared to Nazis telling Jewish people to put stars on them and things Ooh. along those lines. Like, how incredible incredibly crazy yeah. is that to make a comparison to saying I'm going to do my part to ensure that people around me, elderly, people with immune systems that might be bad, that don't have individuals that can go out and get groceries for them, that don't have can't that can't say they're gonna just stay home from the drop, that can't say that I'm just gonna stop and not continue to live my life. Like, I'm going to do my part and protect those indi individuals that have immune systems that are lesser than mine. Because that's, it. Yeah. that's really what it is. And yeah. I honestly, in my opinion, I do not understand why America, um, in quotes, land of the free and home of the brave, is not embracing those characteristics of helping each other out because we are the land of the free, that where everybody can live freely, but we should be aware of others and what's happening in the world today and do your part. And the home of the brave, like, we should be brave enough to say, this is what's happening and I'm not going to continue to be a part of it. I'm, I'm strong enough and I'm and a strong, proud American and I'm going to keep my other Americans healthy. I just think... Simple as that. Personally, I, I, I don't know when we decided to stop doing our part and why that was ever a question of civil liberty. Right. My opinion, though. No, I, <laughs> I have a strong I, opinion on it, but like, my I love... I mean, I constantly want to do random acts of kindness. Give mm -hmm. me an opportunity to do anything that's easy and small. I'm it. Yes. You know, I'll go remove shopping carts out of spots where they can hit cars... Yeah, uh, I'll pay for the person in line in front of me if their credit card gets declined. Um, and, you know, little things like that, they make me feel happy. You know, mm -hmm. if you read, like, Dalai Lama books, like, I really enjoy reading. I have the Book of Joy, and I read it over and over and over again. Doing things for other people is a great way to increase, to boost your own mood. Yes. And this wearing a mask is the simplest, easiest way to do something for other people. And if people were to start looking at it in that manner, then it would be less of a I'm forced and more of a I'm glad you're not getting sick. Yeah. I'm exactly. glad you're not taking this home to your baby. I'm glad your grandparents aren't going to eat this orange and that I've touched at the grocery store and all of a sudden they just are ill. Like, mm. hard, hard for me to understand that people don't find pleasure in doing something for You know, some of them don't believe that the masks actually help, um, but I just put up a tweet a few minutes ago, Glenn King XXX is my Twitter, G-L-E-N-N-K-I-N-G-X-X-X. So I track the Nevada uh, new cases and all the hospitalizations, etc. every morning. I put them in my own spreadsheets and make my own charts, and I've been watching very closely. The governor put a mask mandate in place on June 26th, it takes, uh, you expect it to take 10 to 14 days for it to have results because the incubation period of COVID is going to be somewhere between 5 and 14 days. Yeah, so somebody gets it, you know, 5 days, and then it takes them a couple days to um, have the, the symptoms be enough that they're going to go to the hospital or go get tested. And then the test takes anywhere from 1 to 3 days to get back. 
So it takes you know, 10 days. And here we are on day 13 uh, since the mask mandate. And you can see if you, if you check out my Twitter that the, um, we started to see a decline. I'm tracking three-day rolling averages because you can't just do it by one day because you, sometimes test results don't come back in yeah. all at the same time. But um, if you could track three-day rolling averages, you can see that we were spiraling way out of control Absolutely. for the first week and a half in July. And then we, we start, now we're slowly going back down, and let's hope we stay that way. But on the other hand, there's July 4th that, you know, 14 days after July 4th, you're going to see a spike from all the people that got together for holiday parties and then didn't wear their mask. But you did say something that intrigued me a little bit. Do you believe that COVID is a government conspiracy, or are you just saying that if anybody else believes it? I am saying if anyone else believes it. I have, I haven't the slightest care if it is or not. Uh, I, I know it's real from what I know. I've had friends and family have it. Yeah. So I personally understand that it's real, and I'm not someone that's going to sit here and say, I don't know anyone that's had it, so I don't think it's real. But right. I, I, I personally know people that have, and I've seen them, and it was terrible. And um, then, you know, pictures of them, not in person, but I've seen pictures of them, and it was really hard. And um, I don't really have the slightest care if it's a government-made thing, if it's our government-made thing, if it's, in, if it's a made of that. If it is, I'm sure that I'll find it, but that it will be found out. But at this point in time... I'm more worried about trying to figure out how to contain it. Yeah. Because containing it and figuring out who it's from, great. I'm sure we will do that. I'm 100% positive that we will figure that out. But trying to contain it seems quite a bit out of grasp at this point. And with everything going on, I'm not sure if we'll be able to really get our hands around it, you know? It just, yeah. we really need to get our hands on it. And people are saying, like you said, people are saying with the masks, um, they don't know if it helps, and people are saying it, they are not, they're not sure if they're getting oxygen, people that are asthmatic or having, saying they have issues getting oxygen, and I've seen a lot of studies made by medical professionals that wear masks every day and experience asthma, and have, like, really severe asthma, and they have to wear masks every day in their profession, and yeah. they are oxygenators, so they run the exact same amount of oxygen the entire time while they're wearing the mask. There is zero change at all. Everyone so, in your dentist's office wears a mask all day all long. All day long. They don't die. Do you think anyone with that profession, okay, honestly, and I understand, it's outside, it's hot, you feel like you have an issue, but it is all a feeling. And also saying, I don't know if the mask necessarily helps. Well, Maybe the cloth ones might not. The 100% just only cloth, like no real barrier might not. But the masks that are meant to help and keep out, um, what are those, N N95? Yeah, N95 N95s. And then the ones that have filters in them and things along those lines. Those would be great and those are helpful. Those are the ones that I wear and that I've seen everybody wear. It's it's just me and a friend. Yes, I wear a cloth mask. That's fine. But if it's me out in public, then I'm wearing an N95 or something with a filter in it, and those help. But the people that are saying, I don't even know if masks help, you're probably right if you're wearing a cloth mask. You're probably on No, no, no. The cloth mask, <laughs> the, the, there's a lot of evidence that the cloth mask works. But again, it 
the N95 masks works a lot better at protecting you from the disease coming towards you. Yes. The cloth masks work great um, at preventing you from breathing out the disease. And Bill Nye, the science guy, did a demonstration of this with a candle earlier today on Twitter. I saw that, yeah. actually. Yeah, 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 I saw he that. Showed, yeah, the cloth masks work um, for preventing it from going out. But you're yes. right, the N95 mask is much better at preventing it from coming in to you. Yes, so exactly. For those moments when you have to be around the people who refuse to wear their masks properly, yes. an N95 yes. mask is, is good. I wear, I've got a whole, I've got, I'm addicted to masks now. I've got this collection that's growing every day. I've started buying cool masks for my family. I sent my mom a Star Trek mask yesterday <laughs> that says live long and prosper. My little nephew got a University of Texas mask. Yeah, I mean, the masks are kind of cool. It's, a, I mean, I understand you have to wear it. I get it. But it, it's a moment. Like, wear it. It's, it's a moment. Yeah. It's maybe, It might be a year, but it's. How often do you get to wear, incorporate a mask into your daily ensemble? Like, very rarely. So yeah, people people should be more like you and just embrace it and say, well, I want this one for this day and then this day. And, I'm embracing know. the whole thing. Exactly. I like, I've been a loner for a long time. I don't like people crowding me. I don't like being in crowds. And I love the six feet thing. <laughs> yes. I love the six feet yep. thing. Yep. <laughs> I'm delighted. I'm delighted to be in a grocery store now. I have a blue line on the floor that tells people to back off. Um, yes. You know, I'm enjoying the COVID world. So. <laughs> but let's talk about sets because you've been shooting a bunch lately um, and in the COVID world here. So how does that work? Explain to our listeners how you end up feeling safe on set. Well, I get COVID tested about four times a week which is a lot. Um, so I feel very safe. Wow. And, like, yeah. you actually explain it to me every time I get tested my um, percent. That's right. If the test has an 85% uh, success rate, then every time you take it, you, you, know, you multiply 15% times 15% times 15% and so on. And the test gets more and more accurate, exactly. so I'm more and more likely to 100% not have COVID. But I get tested like four times a week. I see a lot of the individuals that I'll be working with that next day, especially if I'm in the same town as them, um, that I'll be working with the next day. I see them while I'm getting tested because they're going to get COVID tested. And we all have masks. We all stay six feet away. And when when and then when I'm actually on set. Um, Lots of precautions are being made that I, since I'm so new, I don't feel like it should be any different um, when COVID's not here. But when I go on set, everything's really cleaned and everything's sterilized. Everybody's wearing masks. All the film and crew stay six feet away. Um, if you're not mandatory to be around me or not around me, uh, I really only interact with. If there is a makeup artist, I interact with the makeup artist. Um, but then sometimes there isn't because sometimes I'll just come in pretty natural looking. Uh, so a makeup artist and then my talent. And then, of course, I'll talk to the director and stuff. But sometimes the director will even keep the mask on the whole time. So it's really Yeah, I do. If I'm not in the scene, my mask is on the whole time. Exactly. And okay, but let me ask you this. Have you rejected any companies yet who said, well, we want to book Anna, and then Anthony or, or your agent says, okay, what's your COVID plan? 
and their COVID plan isn't good enough at the right level for you? I, they contact, OC Modeling is being very diligent on making sure that the people that are working with our models, or their models are 100% following COVID guidelines. So I haven't even heard about them. If they are not passing OC Modeling, then they're definitely, they're, they're not gonna get to me. And if, so if your COVID guidelines aren't good enough, then my agency and a lot of the other really reputable agencies will not book with you. I actually had somebody try to book me several times during the COVID. It was a company tried to book me to go and shoot with them. Before we had COVID tests before facilities. Before we had COVID test facilities. Yeah. Before, while everything was shut down, when you were not allowed to shoot entertainment media at all, state mandated. They contacted me several times saying they um, they would like to shoot content, they'd mm -hmm. like to hang out for and do this and shoot several scenes. And I ended up telling my agent, I told my agent, I said, this is what's happening and she will no longer shoot book with them. Good. She no longer books with them. That is, that was an extreme disrespect to the industry. And I mean, I think they thought I was new, but I'm not new new. Right, right. I, I'm, I'm grown enough to understand that there's a national pandemic happening. No, you're pretty <laughs> smart, so that's not going to work out that it's well. It's not going to work out for me. <laughs> exactly. Um, and your agent is great. And there are some well, variances in, in some of the companies um, because some people want... Think it's just better to test two days before the scene. Some think it's better one day. Some will say, "Well, we'll accept a three-day test, etc." Everybody's got a good plan. It just depends on on where you're going with this. Um, well, I want to ask you your origin story, but first, I need to talk about our sponsor. Okay. Our sponsor is Sex Panther. Are you on Sex Panther? Ah, that's actually the hat that I'm wearing right ah, now. Ah, oh, that's how you know the hat. Okay, right great. Now. Yes, I'm on so if you've been listening to us for the last 22 minutes, you've fallen in love with Anna by now. You're amazed at her personality, and you're wondering, how can I get to know Anna better? And how can they do that? They, You guys can contact me on Sex Panther. Sex Panther is a great platform where you can literally get my phone number, text me, and I will text you back from my literal phone. And you can call me, text me, we will trade pics, videos, and it's a really great interactive personal experience that you can have um, from the tip of your fingers and it feels exactly like you're texting me because you literally are. Um, you can do that at sexpanther.com slash Clouds or text anaclairclouds.com. Both go to the same place, but uh, text anaclairclouds.com is very easy to remember. What do you typically talk to guys about on Sex Panther? Honestly, it varies. It varies. Uh, there is never a dull moment. A lot of the times, of course, we're talking about things in a sec of a sexual manner, which I really enjoy. Um, sexing and things along those lines are very common, and I really enjoy it. A lot of times, though, you'd be surprised. People will just contact you and just like to chat, or they'll have a relationship advice or sex advice that they'd like to ask you about, or maybe they just have a question that they feel you would be able to answer. Anything along those lines, it's very, very... I've talked about conspiracy theories. I've talked about, like, <laughs> I've talked about COVID. I've talked about all sorts of things. Everything up from everything under the sun. Um, 
It just really depends. It really depends on the person. So ask her anything you want. Go to um, textanaclareclouds.com. Uh, dick pictures? Can they send you a dick picture on Sex Panther? You can send me a dick picture anytime on Sex Panther. I will open it and look at it and tell you what I think right away. So um, I had Sarah J on the podcast last week, and she has a whole bunch of advice for guys sending her dick pictures about how she wants them to look. <laughs> Do you have like an angle that you want them to take the picture from? Is grooming important here? I do dick ratings and I take a lot of time to write out my dick rating and give them something that I really think is adequate for what they've sent me. Um, so if you send me something that is a blurry photo and it doesn't show up well, I can't really see anything, I can't tell. If I can't see your balls, if it's not well groomed, then I will not give you the greatest rating. Yeah. But if you send me a good photo, no matter what, if it's, a, it's really about the photo. Then. So take the dick picture seriously, guys. If you're going to do this, clean your lens on your camera first. Yes! And get lens. some good lighting in your room. I mean, come on, you're paying for the for the <laughs> dick rating, so do it right. So there you go. That's Sex Panther. And if you're one of the many performers who listens to this podcast, and thank you so much for all of y'all who listen to the podcast. If you're one of the many performers who listens to the podcast, and you're not on Sex Panther yet, then shame on you. Shame. It's, it's great. You really yeah. should try it out. It's just such an easy platform to not only meet new uh, customers, but to direct your customers too. Please hit me up. If you're one of the performers who listens to the show and you need help getting set up with Sex Panther, I will be happy to get you um, introduced to the right people over there and get you going as quickly as possible. So that's sexpanther.com. That's S-E-X-T-P-A-N-T-H-E-R.com. Back to Anna Claire Clouds. We're going to talk now about your origin story. I thought I was... I'm really intrigued as we talked on set. You're from Tennessee. Uh, you have you did modeling before you got into the or mainstream modeling before you got into the industry. Yes, I did. I still do modeling. Actually, I still dabble in it. I just um, I wanted to step into porn as well because I just always felt like I was a little bit held back and I wanted to do some more. I did. A few um, music videos in. Well, let's go back to Tennessee here first in, in terms of like high school. Were you an athlete? Oh, in high school, I was. <laughs> I was kind of a nerdy girl. Okay. I was a little. Um, I was in nerdy girl classes, but mm -hmm. I still was like a cheerleader. Uh huh. So I was a weird mixture of a person. I partied and smoked weed and had fun and. Um, but I was in all the really, like, higher level classes with all the nerdy kids, and they were my friends, and I was also, I was just a mixed bag of a person, really. So in high school, I didn't, and I didn't really do too, too much entertainment, but I did take acting classes when I could, and I did, um, singing classes, and I took dance classes, like, my whole life throughout stuff, but in high school I didn't do like theater or things along those lines, but I, I, I wanted to, but it wasn't such a big deal. Well, it sounds like you did a lot besides hang I, out and smoke weed, yes, so that yes, makes yes, you... Yes, I tried to. I tried to. <laughs> did a lot of working too, but you know, I took, I took the classes when I had the time to and like over summers and stuff when they had like the two-week courses and things along those lines. It was great. That's good. See, we, we older people, we perceive the millennials of today as 
kind of just going to school without a real goal in mind, playing a lot of video games and smoking a lot of weed. And it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to a younger person who, um, who had some goals in life and, and did some cool things when you were in school. Most of the younger people that I know did everything that you said, because that's exactly what I did, too. Did all that, but we just, like, would do it and then go to yeah. an acting class. Or, like, do it and then go, like, hiking. So you're not wrong. You are a lot, you are right, but a lot of the individuals that I know and that I grew up with, and even that I didn't grow up with, a lot of people that are my age, they would uh, just kind of mix in knowing ourselves in the crazy world and going and enjoying ourselves in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wish, I didn't really smoke that much weed when I was in high school, and maybe I wish I did um, learn to numb myself a little bit at times, and slow the brain down sometimes. I think it's kind of healthy. I, I, I do think that it is uh, a little bit healthy to give yourself just a whoosh, Yeah. Every now and again. I've been smoking weed since I was can I say? Since I, since I was like Yeah, you can you can say that. Just don't okay, tell okay. us you had sex before you were 18. No, 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 so. no, no, no. But I've been, um, I've been smoking weed since I was like eleven. Eleven. Okay. So I was, I was I was like I was a little young, but I I, I still enjoy it. I always grew up really smart and never messed with me. And I stopped when I wanted to stop. Kept going when I wanted to keep going. Never was anything other than a, especially when I was young, just something fun to do every now and again. I view it like meditation. Exactly. I'm not really. It's so difficult for me to meditate. But you take an edible, as I did last night, for example, and your brain just basically goes numb. Yes. And, you know, I mean, I took a pretty big piece of an edible. So I'm sitting there last night just going like, okay, I'm just going to sing the um, Black Eyed Peas, uh, let's get started, <laughs> over and over again for an hour and a half. And that was my evening. <laughs> and that was satisfying. It was enough. extremely satisfying. Yes, it's exactly what you wanted to do and yeah. sometimes that's all you need you know as people we are constantly moving and constantly saying pushing ourselves and constantly saying well I've reached this goal so what's the next one it's just that always battle in life and figure out what is next and when will I be fulfilled and sometimes it's good to just sit there and say ah, this is adequate I am fine right where I'm at and I don't need anything else and that for a lot of people, marijuana does that. My dog benefits quite a, quite a bit from that. Because, um, you know, when I'm content, just sit there and pet her for hours at a time. Yeah. So then what happened? You were, um, you had all these skills. You were doing some mainstream modeling, etc. Like, what was your first time that you did a, a naked video of some sort for the internet? Oh, um, <laughs> I actually had met up with a friend of mine that does comedy skits online. They do, they did Vines, as back when Vines. Ah, Vines, yeah. They, yeah, they were big when Vines was a thing. And they had like a large Snapchat following and stuff along those lines. And so we just did funny skits together. And he was a photographer that I'd met. And we just kind of did funny skits and like, you know, just outlandish things about like hot girls and guns and jokes like for the military and like like very fun stupid southern shit 
really. Just really just having a lot of fun with it. And I lived out in the country country, so we could do that. We could do really whatever we wanted. And um, that's, I did a naked video for him in one of his skits mm-hmm. that he had posted on Twitter. And I, you know, it was just fun. I, I, I didn't, I've never thought anything about my naked body being a weird thing. I understand that to other people, it makes them nervous, but like, if it doesn't make you nervous, then it doesn't make me nervous, because I, it doesn't make me nervous at all. Um, so I never thought anything of it. I just thought it was fun and... But the nervous part is that once you put that up there, like, it makes it hard for you to ever go back to the normal path. I, 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 I never, I still don't feel that way. Yeah. I still currently, I understand that I, there will be issue, and I understand that at some occupations of that, if I ever want to do that, there would be issue, but I, I don't know, it's just, it, I, there's only one life that I'm able to have, so if I'm going to have somebody tell me I can't do a job at their company, then I'll start the company myself. I don't know. I feel the same way. I don't know. That's so kind of I, why I do it. I don't, like I, I don't, I'm really not afraid of someone telling me I can't have their job at their company. I, I will, I, if I'm, I'm dedicated enough and if I want it that bad, then I am one human being with the power to do whatever I want, just like all of us are. So I'll just, I'll do it myself. And that's never really been afraid of porn stopping something for me. And, and, um, in the, one of the good things that's going to come out of the COVID thing is that while everyone was sitting at home, half of America that's female started an OnlyFans page. <laughs> I know. And if companies are going to say, well, you can't be a nurse because you did an OnlyFans page 10 years ago, they're going to knock out everyone that in their potential pool of nurses. Yeah. I mean, and that, I don't know. That's also, I personally feel like that's a lawsuit. Easy, easy, easy discrimination lawsuit against that. I don't think they've been winning those, but... I, I don't know, I don't know. But the world may change. I mean, we, we, especially as, you know, people are becoming more enlightened in terms of... And the Supreme Court, I think, has had some rulings recently that... Um, Lesbians and gays, certainly. There was there was a ruling recently along these lines where they basically said that you can't fire somebody because oh, of yeah. their sexuality. That's yeah. what it was, yeah. And people are going to stretch that ruling out, so maybe that's one too. You, you know, I don't think they should be able to fire you because they found out that you were naked ten years ago. But yeah, um, there are states that where you don't have to say tell a reason why you fired somebody. You just can fire them. You don't have to tell them a reason why. Um, and there are, so there's, even with those laws that have been passed, there are still several states, and even, in, especially in the South, where there right. are these gray areas of, yeah, it wasn't because you were gay or transgender, but I don't have to tell you why. And that's exactly what some of the gray area will be. And I think that, uh, again, I personally feel that if, I, let's, let's say right now I want to stop, and I all of a sudden want to be a nurse. So I go and I try to be a nurse, and they say I can't be a nurse. And then my destiny was not to be a nurse, it was to become a lawyer to make sure that every porn star that all of a sudden wanted to be a nurse after this was able to do that. I don't know. That's, I personally... That's Al Gilbert, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Al Gilbert, you, if you're met him, he's an industry attorney. And he was a production manager. I've heard his name. Yeah. It might have been Erica. Oh, okay. Yeah, Erica probably knows Al. And Al decided 
for whatever he was pissed about, he decided, well, fuck that. I'm going to go to law school. Me. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'll teach them a lesson. And then <laughs> exactly. he did and came back and has been very successful. And when Evil Angel, uh, John Stagliano had to fight against um, obscenity charges a few years back. At the very end of the Bush administration, Al was very instrumental in getting half of the charges tossed out on the first day of the of the case when he got to trial. So he did good. Um, okay, so you got into porn. You, you did this little comedy video. Oh, yeah. Uh, then you started. What what led you to, to like do your own content? Well, I did. Okay, so I was doing modeling, mm-hmm. and I've been doing it free agent but like paid gigs and like trade gigs and stuff to build up my portfolio and also you know earn some money i was also working as a manager at a vape shop okay Um, so the people at the vape shop knew that i did modeling so they had talked me into do taking pictures for them and their stuff and posting it online and creating a social media platform and a name around it. Nice. And that's okay. where Anchor Clouds came from. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. Because I was that. posting about like weed stuff because we had like little pipes and things. I was posting about like vape stuff and like trying to sell stuff at their store. And then my name slowly started to get slightly bigger in that industry because it, you know, it's its own little thing alone. And it slowly started to get slightly, like a small amount of bigger. And I started doing those skits with my friends. So again, a little bit of a small amount there. And then after that, I had all these followers and I was still working at this vape shop and I was still doing gigs and I was still doing this that and the other thing I was just getting so tired of stretching myself so thin and having so little time that my friend that I actually did the comedy skits with he said you know I have a premium snapchat and I said a premium snapchat what's what's that and he's like you've been on it before and because apparently we posted nude videos on it before and that's what some of the uh, nudes that right. I've been taking were for and with him that we were joking around and the funny skits and stuff. He was like, you've been on it before, like, I'll shout you out on it and you can make yourself one and you can probably just start a premium Snapchat. So little did I know he had like a hundred thousand premium Snapchat subscribers. Like, wow. he had a lot. That's big money. A lot. A lot of premium Snapchat subscribers, and I—it's because he's worked with a company. I think that had like blended everyone's Snapchats together, so it was a yeah. large network of paying customers. That's true, right? So I—I I really lucked out because so he shouted me out right when I started out, and that was on my birthday four years ago. Okay. So I, well, I guess five years. I—I I just turned twenty. No, twenty. Yeah, I just turned twenty-one. So, I was on my birthday four years ago, and then a week later, I quit my job. Yeah. Because I had, I just was like, wow, this is incredible. And I went and took a couple marketing classes mm-hmm. online. I took some advertising classes. I, like, trying to figure out how to do this. I took a little business thing. I got an LLC. I started, I started my own website where I helped other girls sell their own premium Snapchat. So, I, like, really dove oh, into it. Oh, yeah. And I did that for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I, and I didn't have any videos posted online. I didn't have any vids. I didn't have anything. I yeah. was just making my money off of purely 
an app that you posted something on and it was deleted 24 hours later. And helping other girls do that, like running a company, helping other girls do that and doing it on my own. And just being creative and doing everything I could to like market myself and advertise myself in my own way. Because I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to be, just make a little quick buck and then quit my job and be screwed. I wanted it to be consistent long term. That is important. If you're listening out there, <laughs> before you quit your job, uh, make sure you've got a sustainable business yes. idea, not just a idea that is going to get you good for a few months. Yes, take the lesson. You got to educate yourself. You got to read books. You got to take, pay for the courses online. You know, do actually do the things because it will help you a lot. Um, yeah. Wait. Let me rant a second. So you guys listen to what she's saying. Uh, you know, I myself, I'm an entrepreneur, um, but the problem is, is that a lot of you say, hey, I want to get my bag, the money's out there for OnlyFans, etc., and so you decide, okay, I'm going to be, that's my new career, OnlyFans, mm -hmm. online performer, but the problem is, you have to think of it as a full-time job. If you decide you want to run your own OnlyFans page out there, then you need to think about how you're going to get content every day, and how you're going to respond to your people every day. And how, and that you, you get up in the morning, just as you would go to work at the office, you're going to go to work doing your content. Yes, you run your page. You, you run your page how you run your page. There's a lot of individuals out there um, that run an OnlyFans different, but it truly is what you make it. Uh, for several girls and for, for several creators, actually, because OnlyFans, excuse me, it's not only for girls. For OnlyFans, it's for all creator types. Yeah, yeah. And um, for several creators, they have an OnlyFans page where it's just their member site, basically. And it's a solid subscription every month. And they have people to buy it, and then they post content daily, and they message people on it. A lot of people have it set up different, where it's just kind of a free page. And I direct them to other pages. Some people have it like me, where it's a free page and um, you unlock things when you're inside and they're for cheaper prices and it's a you still get special perks and things along those lines. So OnlyFans is not limiting. It is one hundred percent you don't have to be a person that says you can be a person that says, I'm gonna be on people every day, or you can be the person that says, This is what I do, this is what I am. I'm making money this way, but you have to be positive about your marketing and how you're going to do it and be consistent with whatever you're doing. I know people that don't DM fans on OnlyFans. I know people that 100% are content creators only. And they just create content and they just post content and their fans love it. They love it. They adore it. They're not, they are not slacking or they're not lacking on anything at all because they are getting exactly what they want because the creator is consistent and they expect what they're getting. It's all what you make it. OnlyFans is just incredible because and any platform along those lines really that you can make into what you want is incredible. You can, you, you just have to know what you're doing. Yeah, and if you're not achieving your goals on OnlyFans or Minivids or whatever, then you need to look at yourself and say, am I uh, putting in the work here? And not just the work of, of getting up every day and putting up content, but the work of, of uh, understanding marketing and advertising and all of those things. Um, but let's go back to your career a little bit because I still want to hear the part about where you made the jump from being a, a content creator 
to signing on with an agency mm -hmm. and getting into the industry? Yes, yeah, so I have been doing premium Snapchat and running a company that helped girls do that for a couple years, and I really enjoyed it, but I had found that relying on others to do and putting my name behind others was not something what I wanted to do. That's just not something I wanted to do. So I changed the name of the company away from my name, and I made my name only focused on my own porn. Mm -hmm. So I changed AnnaClaireClouds.com from a premium Snapchat site to my personal website, which is what it is now. And it has 400 uploads on it, like full porn videos, like boy, girl, 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 boy, girl, girl. Boy, boy, girl, boy, girl, like tons and tons of videos. And I've put a lot of, like, I've put about two and a half years of work into it. I have videos from when I was 19. Like, I, that is my safe haven of my porn. And people can just go and check that out and become a member of it for one low price every month. And you get everything on it. So you get... It's like nineteen ninety nine a month, and oh, it can be as low as like ten dollars a month if you get um, a year. So uh, it's and how many updates? Like how often does uh, it update? I do. I mean, I do anywhere from four to eight full videos a month, but I do about twelve updates a month. That's great. Month. Very good. Yeah. Photo sets and videos and everything. So it's an incredible price and it's an incredible value, and it's my favorite place to post. I'm very proud of that website. Um, and the premium Snapchat, I. There, I just kind of stopped doing that company because Snapchat actually started coming down on companies. Right, right. That's why. And, yeah. If you guys are remember my Snapchat or whatever, and you notice I haven't been on there in like two years, it's because I started getting all these threats from them. Mm -hmm. I I actually almost got in some trouble, so I had to cease and desist. Yeah. So I, uh, they were nothing really happened from that, but I did stop it and I didn't do it anymore, and I continued on my own, and I found so much more fulfillment in it because not only. Did I find issue with the Snapchat? It was gone in 24 hours, so I never got to go and watch back my old porn. Yeah, you know? like yeah that, I never liked that. That made me sad. But now I can just go and log onto my own website and look at any video I want, and it's incredible. So I did the member site, and I did that for a long time, and my own advertising and my own marketing, and everything that I was finding that my next step was to, to do was to start working with other talent. So I started doing that. Uh -huh. And when I started working with other talent, I said, this is amazing. This is great. I really love this. A lot of content trades but happening in Las Vegas yes, right now. Yeah. A lot of content trades, a lot of things happening for me that I was really enjoying. So then I said, you know, it's been four years. I want to do this. I have really waited it out. I've really ridden this wave of like, try something new, let it die down, add something new again, let it die down. So now I'm like, okay, mainstream, I'm ready to do it. Uh -huh. And I contacted OC Modeling, they got back to me the next day. Why did you choose them? I actually took about a year to look into agencies. Good. It was between, yeah. uh, I contacted models that had worked with the agencies and contacted models that had no longer worked with those agencies to try to get recommendations and what like the real, I mean, 
the real tea, basically. I wanted to figure out what was going on, and um, I did that. Pay moment. attention, performers that want to get into the industry. This is I, very important that you do your research. I took it really seriously because it's gonna—it's my body, and mm -hmm. of course it's my choice, but I want to always ensure it is my body and it's my choice. And I've found with a lot of these companies, a lot of the women didn't feel like they were able to do that. And even men, even a lot of the men felt like they weren't able to say, my body, my choice. And their contracts are a minimum of two years with these talent minimum, agencies. Yes. So if you make a mistake and you're unhappy, which happens like 25% of the time at least, if not more, then you're stuck there for two years. Yes. Um, at so least two years. Some of you, some girls sign five-year contracts, and that's just which unwise. Is, which is hard, which is hard to imagine. But I had, so I had taken about a year to look into it, and then... I finally just said, okay, it's between Sp Spengler, Spengler's agency. Spengler. Spengler, mm -hmm. yes. Yep. My, my accent. <laughs> Spengler and then um, OC modeling. And I, Good choice. I don't do anal. Mm -hmm. Well, then I, you shouldn't do a Spengler. And then, yes. Yeah. And that is what every single one of his girls said. Yeah. They said, you need to do anal. He's going to want you to do anal. Yeah. It's kind of important that you do anal. And I said, well... My butthole's a tricky bitch. She will not open up for anybody unless there's a penis in me. So DP is probably the only thing that I'll be able to do. I'll probably skip straight past anal, go straight to DP, which is weird. But that's just kind of what my asshole does. It won't open up if there's not something in my pussy. But anyways, so <laughs> Spiegler or OC modeling it was between those two. I just kind of went ahead one night and said, I'm going to apply to OC modeling, and if they get back to me... Um, in a quick classroom and I'm able to answer the, get some questions that I have answered, then I'm just going to go ahead and get into it. And they contacted me within 10 hours. Like I did it that night and they contacted me the next morning back with an email. And it was incredible. I talked to, Sam, I talked to Sandra for like, an, I don't even know, it felt like an hour and a half, it could have been two. We were on the phone for a long time and she was so respectful, so kind answered every question. I told her, I said, I don't think I'll ever do anal. She said, we will never have you do anal. Yeah, she said, I, I told her, I said, I'm, I'm a small girl. I've never been with somebody that has like a 13 inch cock. I'm worried. And she said, we won't book you for that type of stuff early. And I said, I want to make sure that I do not have an interracial rate that is higher than mine for anybody else. I do not want an interracial rate. Yeah. I feel bothered by that happening in the industry and I want to ensure that my agent knows that and she was beyond kind and like uh, you know Sandra she was she did not she wasn't okay with an interracial rate in general so she we spoke about, about that for a minute and um I just I decided to sign with her I met her at ABM like she had me coming and come inside at her booth at ABN a week later. Good. Um, and I met her person, and she introduced me to everybody in the industry that she could, all the companies and all the talent. And ever since then, I've been just loving every minute of it. Don't get me wrong. There have been moments where I've been, like I said, individuals contacting me thinking I'm stupid, thinking I'm new, acting like this, that, or the other thing. But I'm lucky enough to say that I figured out the industry before I started in it. That's good. And, and that's smart. That's, it, and I, I love I love Sandra and I love OC Modeling and I'm so happy with the decision I made to work with them. If anyone out there is thinking about joining an agency, 
Sandra Rosie Marling is incredible. She is a woman and she will definitely make you feel like it's your God and your choice. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, it's a low bar here, but um, the fact that she doesn't try to sleep with her clients yes, is... never. she's never tried to sleep with me, <laughs> ever, not once. So that makes her kind of rare in our industry, and the same with Spiegler, by the way. Spiegler does not have sex with his uh, performers. Yes. Sandra doesn't try to have sex with the performers, and, you know, I wish every agent was like that in our industry, yes. but one of them, and I'm not going to name names here, actually had to put up a explanation on Twitter recently and you know as to why he's been having sex with his talent and his explanation was uh, well A uh, they wanted it and B um, uh, now I'm dating a girl so I don't have sex with the talent anymore and it's like these aren't very good explanations the explanations should start with I was wrong to sleep with the talent in the first place but you shouldn't have even explained that that was going to be your explanation yeah a lot of people read his explanation and were like okay well that's you probably should have just not put that up yeah probably not probably not but that's how I got into mainstream a little bit of a longer story but I, I took the longer route because I wanted to ensure that when I got into it I would be eager enthusiastic and aware that's really what I wanted to be and how many scenes have you done so far Oh, uh, um, 20? Okay. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, so you're still born baby, here. Still a baby. 20 scenes, um, but I think you're starting to... So you started, and then COVID hit, and we all had to shut down for like three months. That was hard. Yeah, terrible timing. And then, you know, now you're back, and you're starting to get booked uh, quite a bit, I think, right? And so yes. what, what's been... Start with the worst moment on set. Everybody always wants to hear that. Like, has ever has there been a time on set, and you don't have to name names if you want to, where you were like, oh crap, I hate this job. Uh, worst moment on set is when I distinctly told somebody that I don't do fingering, and they told me that they had to do fingering, and I said it's a fingering scene. And I said, but my age, but you you're gonna have to use a glove. If you're going to finger me, mm-hmm. I've told you this. And they said, oh, no, I promise. I'm so good at this. You're going to squirt. Like, I'll make you squirt, mm-hmm. like, for sure. And I just had to stop them several times. And eventually I said, look, you're not good with, at this. <laughs> like, I had to flat out say, look, yeah. you, it's not You're not as good not, as you think You're not going to make me do that. Yeah. I would like Hitachi. Like, yeah. you're not going to make me do that. So, and that was probably the worst Probably the worst because having to sit there and say to somebody like three or four times, "I'm not wet." Like you have this is this sucks. When the camera's going, it's not great. Um, best moment on set, honestly, every single other one, every single yeah, other one good. other than that. I've had incredible times on set. Me, I've met such great talent. Like. Working with you was incredible. Every time I have a great conversation and just, you know, find out a little bit more about the industry that I didn't know. And it's, I I really enjoy it. There's nothing, great sex, like, you know, if I'm just going to be really surface level, it's incredible sex. Yeah. And, of course, it's incredible sex. Um, And the teaser for your scene with MeanBitches.com is going up tomorrow, so we're uh, this podcast will be coming out on Saturday, so this will be up, guys, by the time you're listening to this podcast. Oh, please go watch it. We've had so much fun together. I, like, run my ass all over your face for, yeah. I think, a solid 
30, 40 minutes. <laughs> yes. It was great. My face enjoys very much her ass. You come on over anytime you want to. Um, and uh, It was great. And then and then we did this thing where um, he came up and he had to do sit-ups to, like, kiss my asshole. <laughs> so, like, if you're into workouts and ass-kissing, then you've got to watch our new scene. I yeah. mean, bitches.com. This is the first bathtub scene that we've done in a long time, so you guys are going to enjoy that. It was a lot of fun. We had bubbles. It was, like, messy and clean at the same time. Like, you have to watch it. It's my first femdom scene, so you have to go watch it, and you have to tell me if I'm good at being a mean bitch. She's really good at being a mean bitch. <laughs> um, I was really, really amazed because I booked her primarily because of her looks, and a lot of times I'll do that with somebody that's a younger performer and think that maybe I can spark something in her... And then by the time she's done her fourth scene for us, she'll be good at, at Femdom. But you knocked it out of the park in your first try. Thank so is you. this something that you're going to start putting into AnnaClaireClouds.com and OnlyFans? Will you expand your horizons as a as a, dominor, a dominator? I definitely think I would. I have already actually shot some content trade this week for some ass worship and some Great. foot okay. fetish stuff that is more... Um, the foot fetish stuff is not necessarily dominant, but it definitely is in a more, like, goddess position than I am, but it's not necessarily dominant. You know, the individual is just kind of enjoying themselves, not letting them. So, and then for the ass worship, it definitely is a little bit more out there in a submissive position. So I... So who is that you worked with then? I worked with uh, Chris Stiles and... Kira Rose, they were great. Okay, they're yeah. really kind people. Right. They're like Vegas locals, and I yeah. really enjoyed them. We just had messaged each other and said, "You're available? Yeah, I'm available. You've been COVID tested? Yeah, I was COVID tested." So we just kind of oh, all met I'm up. Glad you guys asked that question. Oh, of each course. Other. I'm hearing yeah. a lot of content trades go down these days yeah. without the COVID testing. No, no, no. We actually like we have a we had a little call sheet and everything. Like, Good. Yeah, no, keep keep it professional. Like when they came over, I had like snacks and stuff set up and like a whole like all the toiletries they needed in the bathroom like i take content trade really seriously good for you it's it, if if you're just because you're not getting paid doesn't mean you're not going to get paid from it eventually it just takes a little it take, may take yeah. a week. this is why i don't do content trades for mm-hmm. the most part i'll do them every once in a while because a lot there are performers these days who don't want to get paid anymore they're like well i make so much money off of my only fans or whatever mm-hmm. that i would rather just have the content mm-hmm. so i'll do them from time to time but the performers, in for the most part, they don't, you know, call times aren't taken seriously when it's a content uh, trade. Yeah, I do kind of, I understand it and I'm okay with it because it is a little bit less, like, I'm not paying you, so it's okay. Yeah. But, like, my issue is the flakes. Yes. Like, you can be yes. 30 minutes late. I'm okay with it. I might actually need you to be 30 minutes late because I'm still cleaning my house. I might need it. Yeah. Go ahead. It's fine. But, like, don't flake on me. Yes. Don't flake on me. And if that's... Yeah. I, I've that's the other thing. Content trades get canceled half the time. Uh-huh. I've had a couple performers flake on me, like, twice, and that's my limit. Like, if you flake on me two times, then I'm probably not going to work with you. Yeah, I think that would be my rule, too. Right. I might give them another chance if they have a decent explanation for like, the first flakage. And after a while, when the first two have hurt, <laughs> that have stopped hurting so much, you know, when you're done. I don't know about the third one, just because I don't... I, my time is pretty valuable. It's hard, yeah. yes, man. Especially for people like you and I. Like, I feel... I know how seriously you take your work. So... I, and I know that you t- 
this room alone, this room alone that we're in currently, last time I was in it, it was a complete bedroom, and now it's a dungeon. Yeah. So, like, the, everything has been changed. You take your work extremely seriously, and you take hours, if not an entire day, to ensure that everything is prepared for when somebody comes over, whether they're being paid or it's a trade. Yeah. And if somebody cancels on you... Yes. Look what you've done to this room. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's so much preparation. Yes. By the time, you know, I've got a, a call sheet, I've got a plan for the scene, I've got props I've created. Yes. You know, we did a school scene yesterday, or two days ago, and I wrote an entire thesis for a performer. Oh my god. <laughs> Had she not shown up, I'd have been really pissed on that yeah. one. <laughs> You're like, wait, 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 I went, like, above and beyond for this one. I really need you to yeah. show up. Usually, <laughs> I copy and paste somebody's thesis I found on the internet, but this one, I wanted to have a thesis where a girl says, I'm writing my thesis on teachers who are sexually obsessed with their students and secretly desire to bow down and kiss their feet. It was something like that. Yeah, it was very So, I had this whole thing explaining about statistics that back this up and so on, and so you wrote a literal paper or something, <laughs> and, if, and if someone wouldn't have showed up, then you would have been like, well, I wrote a freaking paper for this scene. Yeah, no. Uh, but by the way, it was with Tiffany Watson, and Tiffany knocked it out of the park, and she was awesome at that. So. Uh, uh, talent test. Oh, okay, great. I did get a COVID test, and she said she shot with you. Love yeah. Tiffany. Yeah, Love she Tiffany. said, she's, she's like, I shot with him, and it was great. It was fun thing. I was like, I'm just going to see him right after this. So, yeah, we both talked about you and how great you were. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I love Tiffany, and if you guys check uh, out my interview with Tiffany on the podcast, you can find out all about why they call her Tater Tiff. So it's back, uh, I think, about uh, six months ago in the podcast. All right, one more thing to talk to you about here. Let's get personal. Um, you know, a lot of guys out there listening want to date you. They want to know what you're into so that they can um, figure this, you know, figure out how to approach you in the right way. So what are you into personally? Well, personally, if we're, if we were just to meet and you were to ask me what I like to do on a regular day, I would say I put on some lazy clothes, throw a hat on, just like I'm looking right now. She's got, all right, I usually do this at the beginning of the podcast, but she's wearing skin-tight leggings, very sexy, that show off her curves very nicely. Surprisingly, bubble butt she's got, and then a half. This is it. You cut that yourself? No. They don't make it. They do? They make it like that? Yeah. Okay. Because it's kind of a warm-looking um, material here. It's like a sweatshirt. But it's thin. With a hood? Yes. It's a, it's a it's cropped a, hoodie. Okay, but it's only half of a, it's a It's a half shirt. Yeah, cropped hoodie. It's so a cropped like, hoodie. Okay. So, like, underboob yeah. is totally beautiful. If she stretches, I can see underboob. Yeah. <laughs> And a little hat. It's a very cute, uh, you know, outfit that you get. Thank you. I appreciate it. But I'd wear, like, you know, some, just throw on some lazy clothes and a hat. Like, barely, probably barely brush my hair. Um, no makeup, because I hate doing makeup and go hiking. That is what I like to do. I like to go hiking. I like to go looking for rocks. I like picnics. I like getting the fuck away from my phone. I don't know if you guys, I don't, if you follow me on Twitter, then you might notice that there are some times when I'll take, like, maybe a day or a day and a half and just be, like, a little radio silent, and that's because I'm out, like, camping, and yeah. I just all of a sudden decided to go take a night and go camping and sleep under the stars somewhere and do something like that. I was born and raised in Tennessee, so... 
My family, when we would go um, on vacation, instead of going on one big vacation, we'd go on several camping trips to a bunch of really beautiful locations. So that was just kind of my childhood, and it, it's definitely come into my present. And living in Vegas, like we were talking about earlier, hiking is different here. Right. I'm learning a lot about it, but I still am like really enjoying myself. And the whole like being able to go to the desert and camp wherever you want, like, cause that's cool. Do you have a hiking stick? Um, yeah. Yeah, you need a hiking stick in Vegas. Because without the hiking stick, you're gonna get bitten by a rattlesnake sooner or later. So you tap the stick against the ground as you walk. Yes. And the vibrations, that's how they listen. They they hear things through vibrations. So the snakes will, will um, run away when they when they come, but you can't. There's not a lot of cover in Las Vegas, no. so you can't hike this time of year in the middle of the day unless you are prepared to go through a walk through the desert, basically. Yeah, and you see me, I'm I'm, I'm the palest of pale, so I get burnt up if I do that. So we were talking a little bit before the podcast. You were telling me like Mount Charleston and a couple other nice places that for are day hiking. Yeah. That for day hiking that are a little busy but still nice to go to. So, but that's what I like to do. I like hiking. I like, I like just getting away for a little bit and like unplugging and saying and not having to worry about like my appearance or anything along those lines. Just lines, just not be, just unapologetically me. And but again, I like I I like and nature. I feel does that the best for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you have much hiking stuff on your wish list, probably. These guys could. Um, I have, I have a lot of hiking stuff um, at home, but I do have a lot of camping stuff on my wish list. Yes, I'm spoilanaclairclouds.com. Yes. Okay, so do you have a dog that you bring with you when you hike? I have, um, <laughs> she's a little older now. She's about 10, and she used to go on my hikes with me all the time. Now she kind of comes and I like put her in her little bag that has a little fan in it, like a little motorized. So this fan. sounds like a small dog. She's then. tiny. She's a little. I don't know what she is, but I'd guess that she was a miniature Dachshund Chihuahua mix. Oh. But she acts like a cat, so okay. she like doesn't bark a lot and doesn't. She's not gappy or anything like that. She's really chill. Uh, but she goes on my little hikes with me, but she can't go for long. So like. She'll go on, like, a, if I'm going to test out a trail, like, she'll go and, like, come on the first, like, little half with me while I, like, look and see what it is. Yeah. And then we'll walk back, you know, because when you go to a new trail, you want to, like, you're not going to dedicate two hours. You might dedicate, like, 30 minutes. Right. That's what I do. When I go try a new place, I'm not planning on a long hike. I I need to... Mm -hmm. See the terrain first. Yeah, and do, I, do I need to bring a little more water? Like, right. Is there gonna be a ton of people here? Can I bring a camera so I can take some sexy videos? Like, what am I able to do? Yeah. The Anthem Trail, you know, they actually built little fortresses all around there. Did you find any of the fortresses? Mm-hmm. Perfect for picture taking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a super cool place. I actually went out there and I have a video I did that's like. Um, squirting on a public hike where I like oh, squirt good. like three or four times while hiking and it was like a lot of fun and the Black well, Rock Mountain trails too actually good for that. Yeah, I'll go there. Yeah. yeah, I'll try to go there. Um, at the Anthem Trail, I went when it was uh, the sun was setting, so it was like, so golden, you know, and like just the reflection from the city of how high it is. It's so pretty. It's just 
so gorgeous. It was really, really pretty. That's the best time to go. Um, all right, well, we've covered a lot of ground here. Mm -hmm. Let's first make sure that we've got your social media out there so people can find you. My social media um, on Twitter is Anna Claire Cloud, A-N-N-A-C-L-A-I-R-E, and then Cloud, C-L-O-U-D. Because you couldn't fit the S on it? Couldn't fit the S. <laughs> they wouldn't let me have it. I was thinking, I was like, do I take an N out or do I put the S? And then I was like, well, I'm just going to spell Anna. So... We're just gonna, we're just gonna take it out. So it's Anna Claire Cloud on Twitter because S was not a, not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Instagram is Anna Claire Clouds TV. So spelled the exact same but with an S and TV in the end. Okay. And then I do have a Snapchat as well that is Anna Clouds TV. And my website is AnnaClaireClouds.com. And if you're looking for all my social media and. Um, links to my porn or anything along those lines, going to AnnaClaireClouds.com is the best place to find it because I keep everything there and it's just, I try to make it easy for everybody to see and follow me everywhere from that website. We've learned today that Anna Claire Clouds is a down-home girl from Tennessee. We've learned that she has all kinds of experience outside the industry. Um, and has taken classes in all kinds of areas from marketing to modeling, etc. We have learned that even though she is new to the industry, she's actually been around for four years and has really developed incredible skills at, at being a content creator, which is great. Thank you so much. And, um, and we've learned that uh, she did an incredible scene for MeBitches.com that you guys want to see. So. You have to watch it. We've learned that you have to to go watch that scene because I have to go watch that scene. Yeah. I'm so excited to see it. Oh. Me too. I'll give you a password to the site and you can oh, watch it so, so you'll enjoy it much. In fact, you can take some of the pictures and put them on your uh, OnlyFans if you like. So. Oh, well, I'm, I'm posting that. I'm I've already, I already have a couple people that are kind of um, submissive and then I'm a little bit like, I'll play around with them sometimes. I'm like, you gotta go to meanfishes.com and check out my thing when it's there. And they're nice. like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, lots of ass. A lot of ass. A lot of ass. <laughs> yeah, just amazing stuff. I, I can't wait to um, to see that part of the scene. I've only edited the tease parts oh, right so now, excited. but yeah, can't wait to see it. Um, all right. Well, if uh, thank you so much for listening today. If you're one of the many listeners who um, is already a subscriber on our various platforms, we thank you. But if you are a new listener who tuned in just to hear Anna, we would very much appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button and give us a review. Preferably with five stars. Let the other people know how great this podcast is. So there you go, everybody. Another great episode of Mature Audiences Mayhem. Thank you so much for listening. Yay! Yay!